welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. It took two subpoenas, but the date has been set. On July 17, special counsel Robert Mueller will testify in public before the House Judiciary Committee and in a closed session before the House Intelligence Committee setting up one of the most dramatic hearings of the Trump presidency. Joining me is former federal prosecutor Ellie Honig, special counsel at Lowenstein Sandler. Ellie, how important is Mueller's testimony? Can it live up to all the hype? Well, it depends who you ask and and who's doing the hyping. Um, I do think Mueller's uh, testimony is going to be hugely important here. First of all, the vast majority of the American public has certainly not read the Mueller report and I think doesn't even fully understand or know what's in there. And I think that applies to some members of Congress as well, based on the public comments that we've seen. So even if Mueller just, all he does is get in front of Congress and read sections of his report, I think that will have a major impact. But I also think he's got serious questions to answer beyond the four corners of his report. Let's talk about some of those serious questions. What do you think he will answer, and what may he evade? So it's interesting, because when Mueller made his public statement a few weeks ago, he said, I don't want to testify, and my report is my testimony. And and I know there's this mystique that's sort of grown around Robert Mueller. He's a very deeply respected prosecutor and public official for good reason. But, But guess what? You don't get to just pick and choose what you answer in response to a subpoena. You don't get to just say, here's my report, that's all I'm saying. You have to answer questions. Now, there are some legitimate exceptions. I I think it's perfectly legitimate for him to say that relates to an ongoing criminal investigation, that relates to a sensitive national security issue. Those, I think, are fine. But just saying I'd rather not is not a legitimate basis to, to decline to answer. So, look, I think Congress is, I think the House is going to be asking Mueller about some of the questions that he avoided. Would you have charged president if he was not the president? Did you find enough evidence to charge obstruction if the president was anybody other than the sitting president? That's a hugely important question. I think he'll try to get around that, but, but I think it's a, it's a very fair question that needs to be asked. Now, as you know, Trump and his team have raised claims of executive privilege and something they call absolute immunity. Could they have a Justice Department lawyer sitting there objecting to some of the questions? Theoretically, they could, and it'll be interesting to see how they play that. I don't think that they will have a White House or DOJ lawyer sitting there because it looks so bad. And if you, if you think just to last week when Hope Hicks got to testify behind closed doors, there, was, there were administration lawyers who objected about 155 times. I think somebody counted it up and effectively shut down her testimony. Easier done behind closed doors, much more difficult to do in front of the cameras when the whole nation's watching. It looks obstructionist. Now, I think there's other ways the White House may try to throw itself in front of this. They may send a letter. They may try to go to court and stop Mueller from testifying. But I don't think they have any sort of legitimate legal basis to do it. But they may figure, hey, why not? Let's give it a shot. Any, anything we can do to get a chance to derail this, they might take a shot at. Now, the Republicans have already said that they're going to cross-examine Mueller about his alleged conflicts of interest. And you can imagine the texts between Strzok and Page. How will how will he do on a cross-examination kind of question? Well, so I think we're going to see very much of a ping-pong match here. We're going to see the Democrats wanting to focus on Russian interference, the campaign's involvement, 
and obstruction of justice. And then we're going to want to see the Republicans, I think, focusing on the things that you just talked about. Look, I think Mueller's the only goal that Mueller should have and what I used to tell witnesses all the time when I was a prosecutor is just tell the truth. It's just just facts. It's the easiest thing in the world. And I think some of those lines of Republican questioning may bear a little bit of fruit and some I think will fall flat. I think any suggestion that Mueller's uh, impossibly uh, conflicted and, and has a grudge against the president because of unpaid greens fees or something at one of the president's country clubs will be ridiculous and will look ridiculous. I think on the struck text, I, I imagine that Mueller will say these texts were inappropriate and Peter Strzok was removed from the case and he's been disciplined and that had no impact on any of the work we did. So um, I do think that Republicans will try to score points there. I don't think there's really too much to be gained. Now, because of the mystique that you said that Robert Mueller has, is it likely that he can avoid or they can avoid the circus-like atmosphere that he may fear will happen when the you know Republicans start asking some of these questions? I don't think he's going to be able to prevent Congress from becoming a, a circus-like atmosphere. <laughs> um, I, I think he'd be, he's probably better positioned than your average witness to, to sort of stand toe-to-toe with these representatives. I think your average witness is probably quite intimidated to sit in the well of that U.S. House of Representatives. But Robert Mueller has testified in Congress dozens of times in his career. He, he, he's a veteran at this. He's a military veteran as well. So I don't think any of this will intimidate him in the least. And I do think he'll be able to sort of hold his own and maintain more control than your average witness would. He's also testified to cross-examination-like questions to some of the very Republicans that are on the committee. So he has a little bit of an experience there. Now, um, you know, we often talk about how the Watergate hearings seem to shift public sentiment in favor of impeachment of Nixon. Does Mueller's testimony have the same potential or not quite? Sure. I think it, well, yes and no. I think it of all the witnesses that, that we have been bandied about as, po- as possibly testifying, I think Mueller has the greatest potential to really change things. And we've seen a slow incremental increase in the number of, of members of Congress who are in favor of an impeachment inquiry. And we've seen slow upticks in, in public support for that position. But it's still not at a critical mass yet. And I think seeing and hearing Robert Mueller testify um, will be a real important visceral experience for the American people. It's one thing to read the Mueller report. It's one thing to hear uh, to hear people talk about it, but it's quite another thing to hear from the, the person who actually made these pretty incredible findings of fact, pretty astonishing findings of fact. On the other hand, I don't think we're going to get a, any enormously new factual revelations. For example, when John Dean testified, I don't think people knew that he was going to implicate himself and the president. I think that was all sort of brand new. Here, I think we know the broad outlines of what Mueller found. It's a, it's a question of adding some color and some detail to it, and really deciphering Mueller's sort of mysterious thought process and where he comes out legally. Just about a minute here. What is the question that you would ask if you were on the committee? Well, the first question would be, did you find enough evidence to charge obstruction of justice, if not for, for this person being the sitting president? I would want to know more about uh, about the ways in which Barr misrepresented Mueller's findings. Remember, Mueller sent that letter to Barr saying that, that, that Barr had misstated the substance, nature, and, and context of his findings. Well, what did you mean by that? In what specific ways? I would also want to dig into the Russian contacts that Mueller saw uh, with the campaign. And does he believe, criminal or not, does he believe those contacts 
posed a threat to national security. He certainly has the expertise to answer that based on his, his time as FBI director. Thank you so much, Ellie, as always, for your insight. That's Ellie Honig, former federal prosecutor and special counsel at Lowenstein Sandler. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcast. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.